What's going on, fans? My name's Josh. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and the only Chewbacca that I need to my Han Solo, Matt Liston. <laughs> What's going on, guys? <laughs> Love it. This week we're doing things a little bit different. Um, we're doing it over Skype, uh, but uh, we uh, are definitely are still together in spirit. Um, and uh, this week we're going to talk about the uh, big Star Wars news and the High Republic, uh, previously known as Project Ludinus. And this is the Nerd Force Podcast. So, Matt, um, what you got this week for other news? All right, so uh, bringing in the other news, um, one thing that we did talk about, and this was a while ago, though, too, it was about the Invisible Man. And uh, we talked a little bit, too, about how they were trying to pull out that whole, um, like, monster universe situation, and it didn't really didn't really take traction because Mummy kind of fell flat with Tom Cruise. So yeah. they kind of, like, put that, they kind of put that on the back burner a little bit. He got the kibosh. Um, that could <laughs> the big kibosh yeah so anyways we talked about how awesome the movie looked and just from the trailers and just like they really did put a sense of um like tension like i mean you felt tense watching it and again with um what, what's her name Eliz- elizabeth moth moss who plays the handmaid's tale lady the yeah. blonde lady with the blue eyes yeah uh, I think like, that's the cool. thing that like, and I know you don't watch hand hands made tale that much, but I do yeah. watch it with my, with my wife and that woman's facial expressions and her ability to convey feeling just through emotion because she's not allowed to speak at certain times and all that type of stuff because of the restrictions and all that, as far as the, you know, society that they're dealing in there. But she is just, she's really talented and we see that coming through in Invisible Man. Just in the trailer, you can kind of see it, too. And this one right now, it, like, it only costs $7 million to make. And yep. they're projecting $20 million opening weekend on this. So um, now, it's, now, it's, it's already made. It's, it's sorry, like early estimates were $20 million. Um, yeah. Between yesterday and today, it's already made $23 million. Really? Oh, well, hey. All right, so let me ask you this, though, as awesome as it sounds, and we talked about, like, I mean, I do think the movie is going to do extremely well. It just has, it's unique, it's it's a different presence, and I love the way that they're taking on the Invisible Man persona and, and putting it into this type of contextual type of feel that is, like, resonant more with uh, what's going on today with everything, too, you know, with the Me Too stuff, but... um let me ask you this, though, Josh. Do you think that the Invisible Man's success, which obviously is going to be successful, it's already made money, so it's going to be successful. Do you think that this is going to be enough to bring that discussion of the monster universe back in? No, I, and I don't think that Universal is going down that route anymore. I think that they're happy with one-off um, movies, uh, standalone movies. Um I, I don't think I think the the after what happened with DC and um, Justice League there the the universe building 
that has been, you know, prevalent within Hollywood culture and everybody's trying to replicate what Marvel's done is kind of going to the wayside and they're kind of realizing that they don't have to do that um, across multiple franchises uh, if they just have really good franchises themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on the fence with it and I'm thinking that, like, when you look at Universal, yes, they have what they have, right? I mean, um, but there's some potential here, though. And I and I just wonder, like, is this going to be enough to let them think, like, okay, if you can take an Invisible Man and make it into this, okay, you swung and a miss with Mummy. And it, I mean, Mummy, I mean, all right, it, was, it wasn't horrible. I mean, I'd put it maybe out of 10, put it at a 6. But it wasn't yeah. unwatchable, you know? I, so, I just think that... But I mean, okay, so again, other than Universal, you know, parsing out their their characters and what they have available to them, this is something I think that they might be able to put some traction behind, though. Yeah, uh, what what would you do if given the reins for a day um, at Universal? How would you build out though? I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know if I, I'm not saying that you make a universe per se because how are you going to, you know, build in the Invisible Man with all the other properties that they have? But yet, I think it does lend credence to them taking a bigger risk with the properties that they do have. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I don't think you're going to be able to create it and to say that it's all going to be linked and Invisible Man's going to have a tie-in with the next one and whatever else they do. But I do think that we're going to be able to see some better, like some unique storytelling with these other characters, though, which I think would be really cool. Yeah. But, I remember who, which studio is doing Spiral? Because Spiral is coming out soon. I'm curious if that's something that's under the Universal umbrella as well. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that one. You're you're familiar. That's the um, one that Chris Rock's doing with. Uh, um, that's the the spin off or the the reboot of Soul. To where he's it's taken in perspective from like Chris Rock's a um a detective and he's going after the the saw killer that's well saw is universal yeah so it's got to be universal right yeah i'm, just, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure saw is universal i, I, I um to, yeah i did um or i was the uh it's lionsgate so i don't know oh, okay. if lionsgate falls under but yeah, I mean, it would be cool if they did something like, you know, to to. Yeah, it seems like it seems like their their studios are focusing a lot more on writing these days than they are are on um, you know any other part of production. Mm-hmm. So that that should lend to better storylines and um, hopefully um, better material as we go forward and more risky material. Um, yeah. As long as it's well written, right? Yeah. Oh, I agree. Writing's where it's at, man. No question about that. So, yeah. anyways, 
I can't wait to see it. I definitely, and Shauna is actually interested in it too. So we might try to catch out this weekend. So yeah, I was and, thinking uh, the same thing. A, yeah, so we'll definitely be able to to go a little deeper in that next week for sure. But um, we'll see. The other uh, thing I wanted to talk about too, which I thought was really cool, because I like Jason Lee. I think Jason Lee's awesome. Um, love him. Um, what's better than Earl, huh? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So. No. His new show, Valley Trash, mm-hmm. um, looks really cool. It's going to be um, a single-shot comedy, much in the same vein as, like, uh, The Office, a single-shot comedy type thing. Yeah. And it's a story of, like, it's kind of like that fish-out-of-water story type thing where he and his wife live deep in the valley of California, and uh, their daughter, who is, like, uber-smart, I guess, gets accepted into some prestigious private school and then they basically, you know, the daughter goes there and they're kind of like now having to move within the confines of the rich and famous in a sense, you know, because they're in the, the wrong zip code or the wrong area code, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think he would play that well. I, I, I just I really and, you know, I, I, I think he's funny. I really enjoy him. I think that, you know, like with Earl, like I said, that was so unique when that came out, too, that um it was just, and you know, shows that actually make me laugh out loud, like The Office does, and Earl made me laugh out loud. Those are like shows that I'd like really resonate with me. And so I think Jason's going to be great in it. And I, and I apologize. I should know the lady's name who's playing his wife, but I can't remember. Uh, so. Nikki Schwartz Wright. Yeah. And this, this is being written by Jason Schwartz, though, too, I believe. Uh, I think. Yeah. I think so. so. Or, he has a, uh, he's a co-writer. He's he's involved. Yeah, that that may be his wife. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see the actress's name anywhere in this article. No, this link on our Facebook. Okay. But yeah, um, yeah, written by Schwartz, right? Yeah. He and he his his comedy is, I find sometimes some of his comedy is is dry, but sometimes I think that he definitely is more contemporary with the way that he does write, and I find some of his humor is not always in your face humor. It's like you got to think about it a little bit sometimes, and sometimes I don't mind having that type of uh, that type of uh, you know writing and so forth. Because, you know, I look at it like smart comedy, like, you know, the uh, uh, like the one guy that used to be on SNL and then went and did Monday Night Football. Um, What was his name? No, I forget his name. Anyways. Oh, by the way, even though I don't remember his name, he did go to Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. So but (laughs) so um, and his name will probably come to me before the podcast is over. So. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be pretty cool. So do you, I, you know what? The one thing I forgot though is who, what channel is this going to be on? Uh, it was ABC. Is it an ABC or is it a spinoff of ABC? No, it's a, it's an ABC pilot. Oh, it is. Oh, so yeah. this is, oh, nah, that I, I don't, I don't know. I, I really am struggling with, um, regular abc nbc cbs programming 
Other than, like, to be honest with you, like, out of the batch of stuff that came out this year, the only thing that I felt that was even somewhat creative and somewhat interesting to me that I continued to watch the entire season was Evil. Did you watch any of that? No, I haven't watched that, but I did I did really enjoy. I don't know if they may be in their second season. No, it's still first season. Um The Prodigal Son uh where the kid the, the it's like a uh a behavioral analyst guy who uh whose father is a serial killer and He's uh, hunting down, you know, serial killers as a behavioral analyst guy. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I, saw, I remember. I, I did not watch any of it though, but it's good. No, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I, I mean, you know, ABC's got a really good track record with comedies with uh, the Modern Family and stuff like that. I'm not too terribly worried about it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, like, but let's be honest. Modern Family needs to end. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's ran its course and it was really, when it came out, it was really, it was, really it was good. groundbreaking. It was really interesting. It was really good. And, and, you know, that's the other thing too. It's like, you know, not to keep calling out Pittsburgh ties with that too, but the guy I went to, um, uh, high school with and graduated with a good friend of mine, actually, he actually was, uh, one of the first producers and writers for modern family. So Egg, Abe Higginbotham. So anyways, it's funny to see him. I saw him on that one episode. He played the pizza delivery guy because it needed somebody. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I liked the writing in that. I thought that was that was a really cool, cool blend of characters. And I think all the characters of Modern Family that were, were really it was entertaining. But I think like like all things, it's like they'll keep running it until the market share drops enough to make it go away. And like there's a lot of shows that you like. I think you watch. That like I'll give you an example. I was a dude, Walking Dead. I was so diehard, man, diehard, yep. and I would miss an episode of that. And then they started like taking all my characters off and everything. And it's like I got to a point. You know what? I'm not even. I don't even watch it now. And I started watching the other one that's based out in California, and that was pretty good. And they did crossovers and they brought Morgan over to that and stuff, which was cool, but. The whole thing, the premise was, it's like, I get, I like the shock factor, like you get with HBO, like, you know, when you're watching Game of Thrones and Stark takes yeah. it in the first season, you know, I, that's cool, because it, like, Sopranos did the same thing, you know, they knocked off uh, Big Pussy right away, so it's like, you, you, you know that when you watch, like, HBO or something like that, like, you don't get attached to the characters, they won't be around long, but usually with, like, amc products you, you don't see that happening and they held on to a degree um with a lot of the main people and they started taking them all off and i think that really hurt them and and then you know bringing in negan was was a really strong season but then as he continues to linger around i just lost interest dude i, I didn't even watch a lot of season yet so i don't even know if you watched it um <clears throat> no i quit watching it after uh um What's his face? The the boy was killed off. Um, uh, okay. Abe's or Rick's not? Son. Yeah, Rick's son. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, I mean, really, once once you I mean to be honest, with you, my my breaking point of really being super absorbed is when Glenn died. Once Glenn yeah. died, I kind of like went on like, eh. I kept yeah. watching, but you know, it just 
it just lost it lost too much for me. So, and uh, they lost Shauna as soon as Herschel died. That was her main guy, and then they <laughs> took him out. So, any <laughs> anywho, sidebar on that. Sorry guys, but uh, but anyways, I do wish I and you know I do see creativity coming from those three studios like ABC, NBC, CBS, and stuff like that. And they, they, they oh, have the restrictions I mean, and the to. challenges. That, what's that? They have to be creative to keep up with everything everything else that's going on. Yeah, but you know what's funny though is that they're not only have to be creative, but they have to do it under the under the all of the restrictions that the FCC puts out though, too. And they don't have yeah. the, the leeway that HBO and Cinemax and Showtime and Prime and, and everything else has. And you know, I think when they when they do something, it it's really when it is good. And it, it really shows some talent at that point because you, you, you are operating under some pretty stringent guidelines. Yeah. So, anywho, moving on from that. Anyway, so Valley Trash, definitely want to check that out. Um, did you see a release date on that by chance? No, no, it's just in piloting stages. Just pilot so. now. Okay. <laughs> All right, so... Um, so uh, the other thing I want to talk about too, real quick, uh, tidbit, would be uh, Bob Iger steps down, mm-hmm. which um, I, you know I got to be honest with you, I don't, I don't feel that this is going to impact what what I want out of Disney as far as it comes to content from Star Wars and all that other type of stuff. I, I just don't. I mean. Disney as a whole, obviously, multiple tentacles, right? We focus on one tentacle, yeah. right? So that's just one of the revenue streams that Disney has. And I don't see the departure of Bob Iger affecting what I want from Disney. What about you on that? No, the guy that's replacing him is uh, um, Bob Chappick. Um, and Bob yeah. Chappick has been the guy that, since Bob Iger has taken place um, as CEO, he's been the guy that's ran the parks. And if you've seen the change that's happened within the parks um, since then, as far as like, you know, Toy Story Land and the change, all the stuff that they're adding into um, Edge, yeah, Galaxy's Edge, the stuff that they're adding into Epcot, um, it's all centered around the film side of Disney. So you can tell that that um, Chappic has such a huge love for everything that's going on around um, Disney properties between Marvel, Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. Pixar, everything. So I, I don't think that we're going to see any, you know, we're not going to see a slowdown most definitely. And we're, we're not going to see any, it handled any differently than what Bob Iger's um, handled it um, uh, previous to him leaving. Uh, I don't think. No, I don't either. I don't either. And I think that, I mean, he'd be silly to get involved and try to do anything. Bad. I mean, yeah. that probably, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I think the like, only thing God. that, the only thing that could use some work is Lucasfilm, but that's, um, that's the only place that would, I would think that he may put his fingers in. You know, we'll, we'll definitely get into that as we discuss the main topic, but yeah, you know, I think, I think that there is some, uh, some stuff that heavily needs to change um, within Lucasfilm. Uh, well, I, I, I do think they need, they do need a shot of adrenaline. That's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. 
for sure. Um, so, anyways, I, I thought that was interesting to throw out there, just because he's obviously a a big player and something we talk about a lot. Um, now, I did want to talk too also about uh, the Netflix series Chef, the Chef Show. Um, as I mentioned, and uh, I did do a just a brief um, article under a little review on season three, and yeah, I just wanted I wanted to flesh it out a little bit because it is, I still it, it is literally a standalone. Um, I think it's I, I don't know I want I and I'll use the word I guess it's visionary in a sense of the way that they're taking an approach to you know, culinary programming, okay? And this is, you know, again, classic uh, Kevin, too, you know? So, uh, not Kevin, John. John, but, you yeah. Know, yeah, not Kevin. Getting my Kevins and Johns and my Feige's mixed up, but... But no, his... his The way that he does this show, it is just... It's, it's fascinating, and you don't have to like food to watch the show, and if you like food, you can still watch the show. And it, it brings about such a sense of uh, um, humbling on his behalf where he actually does take on the role of a student in a sense. And, you know, it's so interesting to see that, you know, that relationship, too, that's grown between him and Roy from when obviously the, the Kogi truck was a caterer on one of the Marvel shoots. And that's Iron how those, Man too. Yeah, Iron Man too. Exactly right. So, I think it's really interesting to see how it is organically grown to this. And this not is, only that, but I mean, it 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 speaks like miles about um, Favreau's um, personality that he's willing to go out to some guy whose food truck he really enjoys and talk to him about you know making a movie with him as far as like giving mm-hmm. him a direction on on. Um, food and then once that that you know once that he blows up a little bit and is able to contact netflix netflix and you know pretty much get whatever he wants to he brings them along and it's that's huge for a guy that that just doesn't need to do that you know right and it speaks to his character and i think that you know as much as we don't know the guy but you know what we can take from what we glean from whatever he's a stand-up dude i mean he really is and I, i admire him and i actually there's not a lot of people that I can look at and say, you know what, that's a, that's a good guy right there. You know what I mean? And he's he's doing things that just are, you know, I don't think it's intentional that it's like more groundbreaking when it comes to culinary programming because I got to be honest with you, I watch a ton of Food Network television. Yeah. And, you know, I don't watch all the game shows and stuff, but I definitely, I mean, I, I mean, I love my Emerald. I even love Maru Batali, even though I do have to block out his issues. But, you know, I mean, all all those type of shows that they have on the Food Network, they're great. I mean, they are they're, they're well done and yeah, they're they're polished and they but it's always it's, it's very formulatic, right? It's like, you know, we're going to cook this today and then you go through and you see it and they, and they talk to you a little bit and you get to know them a little bit, but you don't really you get you get to one level but with this in the chef show, you go way beyond that because the topic of conversation when there are preparing food and making things, it's not about the food. It's about him asking them what they're doing, how they're doing, 
You know what I mean? Beyond just how well is your restaurant doing? It's like, you know, the one I thought was really cool, too, is when he did the one with the director and they made pizzas together. Uh, with uh, the um, not, the not Raimi, but yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Where okay. where that the wood fire oven and in everything. his house, yeah. 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 And it just, and it goes to show you, I mean, it's like yeah, you, you saw how the guy made pizza, but mm-hmm. they're not giving you the dough recipe. They're not giving you anything else. I mean, it's just it in again, that's what I like because it's to me, that show is inspiring and it inspires creativity. And I do think that that's what, you know. Like like John's about though, really. I mean, he couldn't do what he's done without having a creative mind, and yeah. I think that you really see that come through in a very unvarnished way in a realm that he's not comfortable in. So it's different if you're sitting him on a panel talking about creativity when it comes to Marvel compared to like, oh, you're going to sit down and talk about how to make you know lobster uh, bisque. Or something, you know what I mean? It's completely different, and it's like putting him at a point of weakness in a sense because he doesn't have that skill set so far. That yeah, you see him relying on on uh, Roy a lot, and I really enjoyed also the episodes that he did with Franklin Barbecue, and I think that again also speaks to the the way that Franklin, the guy that does Franklin Barbecue, how he how he is too. They're very similar type of souls. And um, and I may be reading way more into this 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 series of this you know this show than, than yeah. other people, but I I I, I really truly it, it resonates with me in a way that other ones don't, and it's I find it fascinating, and I, I I hope he doesn't stop, and I don't think he has to. I think it's something that is a labor of love for him, and it's like no different. He just you know hey. It, it, if he calls anybody, he was hanging with Wolfgang Puck for goodness sake. So he definitely, I mean, he's got the cred to go cook with anybody, you know, and he doesn't have the skills, but he's got the cred to get in the door to be able to do it. And he learns the skills, you know? So I can't say enough about the show. I absolutely think it's just top notch. And, um, I just hope for more. I mean, I was going to, the seasons aren't long. They're only like five or six episodes, but they're really good. Yeah. So go watch it. I think only the only thing that would add on to that is that and not really adding on, but rephrasing what you said. Um, it's it's as much a character study as it is a cooking show. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, you're you're it's presenting you with all these people that, you know, um, from various things like Sam Raimi, for example, right. um, yeah. in a completely different light. Uh, it, it, within within the setting of a kitchen, so you know it's yep. it's um it, it's 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 a cooking show and so much more. Yeah, and I think that you know one thing I'll say too is that it's interesting that you know we talk about like Sam Raimi and all these other people that aren't Wolfgang Pucks of the world, but they're creative people, and creativity is what food is, and. I always have said this, and I, when I used to be back in the business back in the day, it was one thing I'd always say is like your imagination is your limitation. When I would tell you know young cooks coming in or chefs or whatever, and then it was also it really shows that 
those people that do these things that we love, like, you know, these movies and these comics and these things like that, they're creative people. So it's culinary arts is is not a science. It is an art. And I think that's where these people do find another way to express their creativity. And I think it comes through every time, every episode. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. You have anything else for uh, other news? Uh, let's see, other news. No, that's really all I had down. I mean, obviously, I have the biggie that I wrote yeah. down, which I which I figured wasn't going to be new news with us because God knows we'll probably talk about that for hours. But um, nothing else really is jumping out at me. I know that uh, little sidebar on the anime stuff too. Yeah, um, I was going to bring that up. The, what the change in costumes? No. Uh, are you talking about the Dragon Ball stuff? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Oh, we did? I brought that up. I'm sorry. I didn't know I brought yeah. that up. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, no, I, I, was, I thought you were talking about the Netflix stuff. The Netflix... Yeah, that was uh, my next piece after this. I was going to be talking about how... Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, you probably know a little bit more than I do. The only context that I have is the, um, the article from Collider that I posted on the Facebook page and Twitter. Yeah, that's all there is, really. Yeah, but basically, I mean, Netflix is bringing in a new slate of original anime series. Yeah. Um, never before brought to, um, you know, television. So. I think that's smart, though. I, I do. I think that's smart because they've made some they've made some efforts. And again, I am by no means an anime anything. I am like an infant in this entire genre. But my kids talk about it a lot. And, you know, so I pick up a lot of stuff. And when I see stuff, I'll send them, you know, texts of this. Oh, do you see this? You see this? But I am by no means an expert in any of this whatsoever. But I do know that, like, the ones that they've tried to do, like, especially on Netflix, they did Death Note, which I think, Josh, you enjoyed. My kids did not. Yeah. They they hated it. And, you know, it's because, I don't know, it because their connection to the source material is so strong. Because I'm going to tell you what, these anime people... They're as rabid as Star Wars fans, man. They they are, I mean, it's it's like it, it is the same. It's it's no different. Just you know, you know, take out Luke, put in Goku. You know what I mean? Whoever it is, that these people are that into it, and um, and I appreciate it. I mean, I saw it firsthand, like I said before, a long time ago, and I went to that anime conference in Atlanta. I couldn't believe how many people were there. I mean, it was insane. It was like going to like. Probably what it would be like if you went to the uh, the Star Wars con. So Star Wars celebration. Yeah, celebration. So, anyways, they've made these efforts, and I know that they did. Um, they they've tried it a couple of times. They did. Uh, what was that other one um, with Sharice? Uh, I think it was Sharice Theron played a character. Um, a flux, or um, I can't remember. It doesn't yeah, matter. Beyond flux. Yes. Yeah, so they, they've made these kind of efforts, and they did another one. Well, Aeon Flux was a little bit different. That was a that that was a um a U, or a American uh, cartoon back in the nineties. Okay, on I'm MTV. Not, I'm th- okay. I'm thinking. Oh, Ghost in a Shell. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, That's Star Wars the one Manson. I'm thinking of. That's yeah, people were pissed of. about that one. Yeah. Yeah, and people were just really getting angry about it. So okay, so now. 
you have people that are hungry for this material. So I think this is a smart move on their part, right? Because not only that, but they're bringing in basically everyone that's on this is and you know coming they're all Asian for the most part that are coming in. And I don't know if they're they're all and I say that in the sense that I believe that these people are all contributed yeah. to anime or manga or in some way that's been what they've done. Like, yeah. we, like, like how we love to see Dave Filoni come in, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is the same as like, oh, that so-and-so's working on this, so-and-so's working on this. So it's like the same people that they know something else about them, and now they're going to be able to give something fresh and different. And I think that – I do think this is going to work. I do think it's going to work. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's a really, really smart move on their part. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. They are, they all have contributed to the culture in some way. Um, I mean, they're all, they're all anime creators, right? So mm-hmm. you've got, you know, resumes like mobile suit Gundam, um, on here that, that, uh, you know, is obviously huge within the anime culture. Yeah. Um, and things like goth and, you know, they're, they're all, they're, none of them are new to the, to the anime realm. Right. And I think that that's really gonna, that's going to be so interesting to see what that type of collaborative workforce is going to come up with, because that's a lot of talented people in one room. And uh, to see if they come out with something, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'd like to see something fresh and different, something that's not going to require me to go back and watch, uh, you know, basically, you know, 533 hours of anything to learn about it. You know what I mean? I'd rather just be able to get into this type of... uh, you know, um, culture in a sense to be able to find something different and fresh. It's going to be unique and I think it will be. So I'm looking forward to it. Yep. I haven't got my kid's opinion on it yet. Cause I meant to tell him about that, but they're not here today. So I didn't get a chance to run it by him, but I would have definitely given you their, their two, uh, their two cents, but we'll see. We'll see. So anyways, I do think that's pretty cool, Josh. Did you hear about the, uh, the new director for, Indiana Jones five. Yes. James Mangold Mangold. Yes. Yeah. What do you think about him? Uh, I, you know what? I don't, I don't think that you need a hyperly talented director to handle Indiana Jones. I think that most directors that have any chops whatsoever can understand how to execute an Indiana Jones movie and make it successful. They should. Yeah. I I mean, it's just, I mean, there's not, I mean, it's not like you can take some, like a few liberties with it a little bit maybe, but let's be honest. I mean, Indiana Jones is Indiana Jones and, I think it's pretty much a straightforward deal. And what you want to see is, you know, Indiana Jones in those situations, throwing out those little zingers every now and then. You know what I mean? You know he's going to get out of it eventually, but you got to put him in peril. You know what I mean? And you got to have, you know, of course, it's never, it always helps when they sprinkle in some Nazis. That always helps too, you know? Yep. But I mean, I just, I mean, do you feel differently on that? Because I think that it's pretty much a, a, a it's almost like, and like, a, and, and this is not the best comparison, but it's almost like 
a bond thing, right? So you know that there's certain protocols with bond that you have to follow. Now, don't get me wrong, Quantum of Solace and the other, you know, the other bonds that have come out recently definitely have taken and it made it a more evolved, you know, presentation. But at essence, it's still the same person. However, they've changed the environments and the way that they tell the story to a degree. With Indiana Jones, I don't know if you really have that that much leeway, though. You know, I think that you pretty much stick to the source. Yeah, no, I think that uh, I think that you're right. I, I um the only thing that I'm concerned about with Indiana Jones is the age of Harrison Ford and this capability to to be able to to film a lot of scenes that you need Indiana Jones and um unless it's like a soft reboot type of thing to where they're he's passing the mantle um onto someone else and I think that that's fine too. Um yeah. as long as they do it right this time now, and not like crystal skull so oh god don't 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 bring that up that's <laughs> that's like the one of that's like a huge turd that is so bad but um okay so let's talk about that for a second because you bring up a very interesting point right so as much as yeah. like i think like harrison ford moves between han solo and indiana jones and all these different characters and so forth effortlessly right mm. i the thing that, like, with, with, with Han, I can see them doing more because there's still a lot of Han's story that you don't know, you know? I mean, they, they yeah. did it with, like, the movie. Indiana Jones, you kind of, you know, you know the story. It's not overly complex. There's not a lot of room for this. And when you talk about, okay, let's see if we can move this forward without him, it's not the same as like okay han solo is part of star wars indiana yeah. jones is part of indiana jones so that's where i kind of struggle a little bit with thinking okay what are you going to be able to do you know and you know they did the young indiana jones tv show which wasn't bad it didn't last but it wasn't bad it, do you think that you can continue to move Indiana Jones forward conceptually without Indiana Jones? That's the question, and I don't know if you can. Yeah, no, I, I think that you can. Um, uh, you you have to do it in a very clever way, though, I think. I think that there's an avenue that you can probably do it. I mean, if you want more Indiana Jones here in the near future, you're going to have to at least, you're going to have to at the very bare minimum reboot or recast Indiana Jones. Oh, now if you're talking about doing just reboots and, and just doing this all over again, then that's a whole different story. But if you're talking about expanding upon what exists already, that's, that's going to be different because now you got a kid that's, that's obviously, or, well, kid, I should say, I don't know who, I don't know who, who would handle the mantle to, but if they transition, it's going to change everything. You're not going to have Nazis you're going to be moving into Al-Qaeda and the Taliban, you know, and things like that. Yeah. You're going to get into that type of situation. So I don't know if that – I don't know, Josh. I think I, – I, I don't know how they would do it successfully, but if they did the reboots and went – I mean, hey, 
they freshen it up and they get a, someone strong enough, I'm on board with that. You know, as long as they'll do the last one, but yeah, I would I would say that you probably still keep it a period piece within the 1940s. Yeah, um, but you know, you could definitely reboot it. Yeah. But you, you don't you don't think that that James uh, Mangold is a uh, is a good director? No, I think he's fine. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I loved. I you like him? He did Logan. Yeah, he did Logan, and he did Three Ten to Yuma, both yeah. amazing. Movies. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I put I we I talked about Logan a couple yeah. podcasts ago, and talked about the strength of that movie. And I think that, you know, the challenges that, that he had with that movie is that he was dealing with such an iconic character that he wasn't able to put into, like, you know, spandex and have him just, like, claw through through stuff and all that other type of everything. I thought it was an extreme challenge for him. And I thought it was a great movie. And I thought you, uh, 310 was good, too. Yeah. I thought 310 was sl- a little slow at points, but it's a good movie. But it was a remake, too. Yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely her. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I don't discount. I, I do think that that he was that his work on Logan was outstanding, outstanding. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did you the uh, Tom Holland in a uh, in a interview with BBC Radio One talks about the. Uh, the deep fake that's been going around of Helm and Robert Downey Jr. and uh, and um, uh, Back to the Future, and he talks about he says that he's been talking to um, I believe film executives about uh, doing a Back to the Future remake. What do you think about Tom Holland possibly being the next Marty McFly? Well, love Tom Holland. So yeah, I mean, love it. Um, that's, that's one of those movies that I'm hesitant to touch, but, um, wow, that's an interesting, uh, perspective and thought for a second here. Let me think about that. But, um, if anybody could do it, it could be him. Yeah. I would say you definitely bring in RDJ as, uh, as, um, doc as well. Doc holiday. Bring who? RDJ Robert Downey Jr. Oh, as yeah. Doc Holliday. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think the existing chemistry, chemistry between those two, were, would work out really well within those roles. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm just trying to think that it's like, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think how, how do they do this? You. Not a reboot. All right. Well, I'd say I would say you do a reboot, but you do you change it contextually. You 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 add you you don't go back and do the same movie that they've already done. You you go and and add, change it up a little bit. Have it in today's world, or have it you know him going back to the '90s and um or you know late '90s, early 2000s, and um or you know mid '90s. And uh, and then you you throw in some other twists and turns and things that the audience doesn't expect. 
No, I think it's cool. I, you know what? When you say that, I would do this. I would go back to the 80s, and I would only say that because obviously you saw how well it worked with Stranger Things going back to the 80s, yeah, right? That's true. Yeah. So I would say go back to the 80s because the 90s still is is fresh enough that uh, it's not. Yeah, I mean, I, I in, in the sense it's like okay, so you say 90s, right? Yeah. You think okay, grunge, flannel. You know what I mean? Blockbuster, but Blockbuster was huge in the 80s, though, too. So, yeah. I mean, the death of it was in the 90s. Well, uh, not till the 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. But I I think, I think, I don't know. I kind of like that they took a, went back to the, okay, let's make the movie. So I say we go back to the 80s. Okay. Because I think that it was like in the, when that came out, you're going back to the 60s, right? Yeah, you were going back to to fifties or sixties, yeah. Yeah. So that was like the happy days. Yep. You know? And now we're gonna go back to like the Goldbergs. You yep. know what I mean? So in the Goldbergs worked very well. That's a great show, by the way, too. I find that show really funny. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I, I do think if you do that and go back to the eighties, it would be really cool. And I do think the more I, the more I really start thinking about this, I really can see Tom Holland because he has that boyish charm that like type thing that Michael Fox has, you know, when he was doing those movies, and he yeah. could definitely he could definitely pull that off. And and um, and you're right that those two on screen together take out Spider Man, Iron Man, right? Yeah. Just those two, they're great scenes in the way. You almost get a sense of how it would look like when he was like in the car with him and trying to hug him and stuff. So I could see Downey playing kind of a different professor, you know, yeah. in a way that if they were able to take that, like that type of interaction that those two had in the, in the backseat of the car it was like, I wasn't going to hug you. I was unlocking the door thing or whatever it was. Yeah. That would be cool though. So, you know, you know what, now I think about it, Josh, I think it could work and I think it actually would be able to bring in, you know, I mean, just a great, I mean, an outstanding movie. I mean, just outstanding. And um, and and they could do it. No, I agree. I think they could do it. That would really be cool if that happened, now that I think about it. Speaking of the 80s, um, they're rebooting Lost Boys in a TV series. Yeah, I saw that, too. And uh, if, uh, I mean, you weren't around. But I was, and I'm, I'm you, yeah. I mean, I'm intimately familiar with the the movie. I've watched it several times. Yeah, but I was I was around when it was it was that was it. I mean, every teenage girl was just fascinated with that. I mean, it was like a Twilight experience almost, you know. And uh, it was a good movie. I mean, I like Kiefer in that. He was really good, and uh, it was a good movie. Um, I think it's been long enough, and I think that what they can do now, I I think it I think it's gonna work. I think yeah. it's gonna work. Now that's not a movie though, is it? It's a television series. Yeah, television. A CW. CW. Perfect home for it. I think yeah. it'll do well. Isn't the originals on CW too? The movie? No, the the TV series. The originals is like a vampire series. Oh, I don't, I don't um... watch. It. Yeah, I don't know. 
I, I know what you're talking about now, but I, I think it's on CW. I'm not sure. So if it is on CW, they got like a kind of like a built-in audience waiting for it in a sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. they had that with um, what, what was the was Supernatural? You know, they yeah. kind of have a hole that they need to fill in with from Supernatural as yeah. that ended this past year. No, I think it'll do well. I mean, I mean, come on, what Riverdale did well. Yeah. You, you know, and I mean, I actually watched the first two seasons of that, and for some reason, I enjoyed it. I don't know yeah. why. But I, I didn't I didn't dislike it. I, I thought it was pretty good. It's the it's the premise of it. You know, they, they took something that everybody's uh, at least everybody of a certain age, you know, older millennial above are familiar with Archie and Archie comics. And they've kind of t- turned it up on its head uh-huh. and made it to like a murder mystery type of thing. It, yeah. it works really, really well. And so, you know, I think that, yeah, we were talking about. Back to the Future, you could definitely do something like that with Back to the Future and not to like get off topic, but you know, like those types of things work out really well. And it seems like that's what they're doing with with Lost Boys. It's not it, the premise is the same, but they're not taking any of the original characters. Um, they're they're you know rewriting the the entire um, the entire script um, from what they've they previously done. So it's not. It's the premise is the same, but the the storylines can be completely different. Oh, okay, all right, well, and that works too. I mean, that that's there ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, hey, more power to them. I I, I do think it. I do think it'll be. I think it'll work. I mean, yeah. vampires for some reason never get old. So, well, Twilight, but well, yeah, but I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, you think about yeah. I mean, we've had enough Twilight, but. Um, but you go Twilight, and like I said, that and I didn't watch it, the originals, and then they have there's all there's always something around about it, you know yeah. what I mean? So, I, 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 you know, good, good for them. I, I think that it's a it's a property that they can bring some life back into. But then, you know, when I hear these things, Josh, I always start to makes me wonder. It's like, where, where is just the pure creativity of creating something new at, you know? Yeah, that's that's something that I was gonna bring up when we were talking about Chef um, or the Chef Show, is that some there's there's been this saying that's been going around a lot recently talking about how there's no or there's no originality to anything anymore, um, and I agree with that with everything except for for food um, and, and food and, and cooking, there there still exists like this culture of originality, but I I do think that most everywhere else originalities kind of went to the wayside because we all, I, I don't, I don't know that it, it's because of this, but we, they're, they're presenting us in a way to where they don't have to come up with a new premise. They're able to, to lean upon something that we already in, love and enjoy. Um, and then, you know, do things to make that their own, but definitely not like rewrite yeah. um, things completely. Yeah, true, true. Uh, one thing on that Riverdale too—not that it matters—but I did see that uh, the one guy that I like, Skeet uh, Ulrich, he's leaving the yeah. show, and then I believe the Veronica's mom's leaving the show too. So it may be heading towards the scrap pile, anyways, pretty soon. So I like Skeet Ulrich a lot. I mean, the thing is, and again, we talked—I I think we maybe brought this up of when we talked about TV shows that were canceled way too early. 
and um, he was the he was the main guy on um, Jericho, if you remember that. Oh show. yeah, that was such a God, good. God, that was such a good show. I can't. I mean, it was all. Oh, that was so good. I wish that would have lasted. I don't know what happened with that, but wow. But anyways, yeah. So I mean, it's 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 worth watching. Um, I, I mean, I know it's on Netflix now, or it's Hulu, Netflix, it's whatever. Somewhere. So. Yeah, I it's think it's like out. a IMDb TV as well. Yeah, it's it's worth it's definitely worth watching. I I think it's a cool deal, and I wish they would have went further with it. But but anyway, so so maybe maybe uh, Riverdale's winding down too. I don't know. So um, there were new set photos from Venom Two that were released past week. Oh. That showed uh, Woody Harrelson in his new wig. Yeah, uh, what do you think of that, dude? I it's better than the old wig. Yeah, but I mean, you, you just know that movie magic is gonna have to happen there because he looks so campy. Yeah. You know who he looks like? Um, the the one video game character, Duke Nukem. Oh um, yeah, I see that. That that yeah. as soon as I looked at him, I'm like that's Duke Nukem. <laughs> so, Come here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. That's right. All out of bubble gum. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna be able to think of now. Whenever I watch them, yeah, especially yeah. with like with the Hawaiian shirt that he's wearing, which right. obviously is like a, is a tie to, um, to the uh, the symbiote. But I, yeah, yeah, that it's like verbatim Duke Nukem. Yeah, yeah definitely see that now. Yeah, and and, and and I mean, Woody looked a little small though too, didn't he though? Yeah, he looks rough. I don't know if it's yeah. swole or if he he looks like he's been and it's probably makeup, but he yeah. looks like he's been through some shit. Yeah. Well, as as Carnage has, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's probably a little bit more character development. I just yeah. don't know that he's even more swole than he was previously. Maybe a little bit, but I don't yeah, think I just, we'll see Woody Carlson just... shirtless or anything to where it will matter. Um. Well, I mean, I can only hope, I, but my my fingers weren't crossed for that. But oh, mine were. <laughs> I did see him, and uh, I did watch uh, the other day. It had been a while, and I meant to catch it, but I finally did watch um, Zombie Double Tap. Did you see that? No, I had. I saw that was on um, something like Hulu or something recently, mm-hmm. and but I I completely forgot about it for some reason. It is. It's okay. I mean, if you saw the first one, watch the second one. It's, it, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, does what's Bill Murray name? return in it? No, I um, no. But uh, what's his name? Jamie Eisenberg. Sorry, or mm-hmm. yeah, he he plays a. I like him. I don't know. He plays a good part, and they the two characters that m- mirror those two. It's pretty cool. I mean, but I mean, ultimately, it's just a little. It gets real, real, real. I mean, the whole thing's campy to begin with, but they go like extreme camping for this one. So it's worth it, though. I mean, if if you saw, like I said, saw the first one, watch the second one. It's it's a good, it's a decent ride. So yeah. Um, did you watch the uh, the Knives Out movie yet? No, no, that is on my list. Did you see it? No, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I that, want to. I, yeah. I really do. I heard such good things about that too. 
and um, yeah, I definitely. I mean, all I can say is it just looks. It looks again. It looks like a very unique product, something we haven't seen in a while. I mean, it kind of has that whole clue who done it type deal, but yeah. it definitely definitely looks good. I definitely definitely want to see that. So. Well, yeah, it's, it was good enough to get a sequel, so it's it's going to oh, be really? really pretty good. Okay. Yeah, there were the um, uh, who's the director? The guy that did um, uh, Doctor Strange. Um, he was talking about the the sequels and is in the works. But um, in talking about that movie, um, Chris Evans yeah. was uh, let on that he's going to be playing um, the dentist from. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, I did see that. So it's almost like is he taking a Hugh Jackman approach to things, starting to do I... musicals? Well, I mean, Knives Out wasn't a musical, was it? No, I'm just talking about how he, you know, how Hugh did Les Mis yeah. and The Ringmaster and what have you. Well, that's 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 Hugh's chops, though. Hugh's been a Broadway actor for a long, long time. Yes, but he's Wolverine to me, and I don't yeah. really. I don't want to see Wolverine dancing around and singing, okay? Although, I forget, was it Deadpool that, that he went and interrupted the uh, the play and, like, uh, Hugh Jackman, like, acts like Wolverine to, like, get him to screw off or something? Like, they're doing, like, Les Mis on Broadway or something. And I, I forget what movie it is, but there's a movie to where they're doing Les Mis on Broadway and Hugh Jackman's there. And then, like, somebody busts in to the screening and, like, interrupts them. And then he goes, he, like, does, like, the Wolverine, like, pose. Yeah. And then, like, kind of ends it. But <laughs> I, I didn't see that. That sounds awesome, though. Uh, yeah, I can't. God, I, I'm going to have to pull that up and then um, show you or let you know which what movie it was. But, yeah, it was, it was, like, it was only, like, a two-minute cameo. But by far it was, like, the best thing that, that he's joked about about himself. Yeah. No, I mean, Hugh Jackman is very talented. I, I like him a lot. And, you know, Les Mis is actually, I mean, we're not going to go down the musical route again, but Les Mis is actually one of the musicals I really do like. I do enjoy yeah, that one a it. lot. That was a really good one. It's a good premise, yeah. good story. And actually, the the, the um, movie version with him in it wasn't bad. I mean, I uh, mean, it wasn't bad at all. I mean, it was very good. So. Yeah, I know Des doesn't like that one, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. That's true, but but waitress, they did go see waitress. Yeah, uh, Grayson and Des did go see waitress, and um, and Des cried. So it was a very moving uh, show, I guess. But uh, Grayson said it was really good. So waitress, go see it. I guess I don't have anything else to say about it. He didn't give me his one word review, but so. Mm. Well. Um... That's, that's that's all I got for other news. You got anything else? No. No, that's about it. Alright. Let's move on to the main event then. Um, so as as I'm sure that you're aware, Matt, uh, our other listeners may or may not be aware, um, Lucasfilm uh, in partnership with Marvel made an announcement back in October that they're going to be working on something that's um that's a new phase of star wars within written form um and so they they tease this as being project luminous or what they're naming project luminous um after a while leaks came out that this was going to be um called the high republic come to find out that's true 
mm-hmm. uh, the um, it's it's set 200 years before I can't remember it's the the before Phantom the Menace. battle of is it before the the Phantom yep. Menace or yep. or the battle Menace, of Yemen? 200 years before Phantom Menace yeah um, I so, mean it may be a battle before that I don't know but yeah um, I didn't know if it was you know BBY um or or, or uh, aby within yeah. more or, or within star wars continuity but yeah the um the it, it's 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 following the 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 republic after um what they call the big disaster um yeah. and it, it follows a group of protagonists called um referred to as the um the jedi knights of the round table Right. And and handling this this big disaster, um, going to battle with these these new villains called the Nile, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then we're gonna also gonna have you know um, Jedi that are like Rangers that are patrolling the um, the um, the outer rim outer rim type of area, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where this all takes place. Is as the Republic is is expanding and and growing they're they're going out into these new um less populated less civilized um areas and uh and kind of showing them you know the the liberty and and safety and prosperity that the republic brings right because at this point there is no unified structure yeah yeah so yeah dude i <laughs> I was super okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go um, super ass excited on this one. Yeah, um, of course. Um, no, I love. I love. I love the the concept of following along the Athorian type of line with the Round Table Knight situation and stuff too. It definitely bleeds right into Knights of the Old Republic when you think about. Okay, you're using the term Old Knights of the Old Republic too. It moves. Well, right it, yeah, they're, they're using the the High Republic. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about this is before High the High Republic. This is all happening before Knights of the Old Republic. No. Yes. Knights of the Republic took took place 400 years before. No, this this is happening. If I'm not mistaken, that's why they're called Knights of the Old Republic because it was the High Republic. Am I wrong? Yeah, I think you are. I think the old republic was was the beginning of the republic. This is the high republic is um, once the well, that's my point. Been established. So old republic would have been pre knights of the old or knights of the new republic because even Yoda says that there's been it's been a thousand year or what was it a thousand years before or since the um, since any Sith is. Um, oh has no! Been, I'm sorry. You're correct. Uh, and that the old republic was the last time that we saw Sith. Yeah. No, you're right. My bad. Yeah, this is kind of the climax of the uh, the republic. Yeah. So no, but I do like the idea that they're going out and. Um, Exploring, I always always find the outer rim planets for some reason in Star Wars to be the most intriguing and the most interesting. 
Um, maybe that's because that's a lot of where Thrawn's activities happen, and I and I do follow everything related to Thrawn. And um, they, he's kind of always relegated out to these like you know crappy solar systems and crap, crappy planets and stuff like that. And um, you know the Nile that they talked about too. They position them as they kind of liken them to like marauding Vikings, and I think that's a pretty cool you know term to use to give you a sense of the 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 type of um um you know time frame or like environment i guess lack of a better term that that these guys are they're going to deal with and so it's bringing in an entirely unknown group of people that we know nothing about okay and don't have any clue as to if they have any influence going forward but they're all new characters as well so i think that's going to be awesome so it's a great place for people to just come in and just enjoy this piece of star wars which i guess you know the problem that i'm hearing that people are having which i find really disturbing is they're saying that this piece right now is being executed through um uh comics by idw marvel and then novels yeah okay and people were having a problem with that. And I'm like, so you can't read? You yeah. know? I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. It's like, so because you have to read something, you know, then then don't. To be honest with you, then, then don't. Yeah. You know, don't complain. Then just don't. If you don't want to read it, don't read it. You know, I'm going to read it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I just found that that was it. I, I like that what they're doing. I think it's a great way to expand the universe. Not only expand the universe, but through this, your risk is much lower. Your investment is much lower. And trust me, people are going to come out of these novels and they're going to be begging for movies. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Gonna, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, think, I, I think this is setting the stage for oh. exactly that, like Disney Plus series oh, yeah. and yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And I, I think it's a smart move on their part to do it this way um, because you're really going to be able to gauge and, and get a sense without a, a huge investment and taking a risk on what they think they like. They're going to hear, you know, Star Wars fans are very vocal. You're going to hear what they like and dislike pretty quickly. So I'm excited about it. I don't, I mean, I couldn't really get too much more information. Obviously, it's all pretty fresh so we don't i don't have names i don't have you know who's who or any type of things i know they're going to be bringing in a bunch of different um, bounty hunters new bounty hunters will be involved new smugglers and things like that so the whole type of you know the whole threat of star wars is going to be present throughout all of this and which i think is awesome but they're definitely going to be doing it in a different way and i just really am interested to see how they're going to handle this, um, the you know, the outer the outer rim component with it too, because inside, I mean, obviously it's a much stronger, more governmental type of society, but then out there is where you're going to be positioning them, kind of like an Amando situation, where 
you look at him as a more he's he's out i mean that's where he's at right you know he's out that's where he's that's where he's operating in those those areas so you get a sense of what it's like out there now you don't have the imperial influence at this point but you definitely are going to be able to see some really cool um situation or not so much resources as much but it'll just be more about control of people maybe i don't know It'll be interesting to see. No, I agree. Um, the the I, I had issues with with things, but the the material itself, like like what they're doing with this, I, I absolutely love. Like I love the fact that we're returning back to comics. They're returning back to developing out a storyline before they move any further um, with with anything within this era, at least. Um, you know, treading new ground. Um, it seems like they're they're going to develop that out a little bit to echo yeah, what you sure. said. Um, the the one thing that I do want to note about the material itself, the the um, all the character design was at least helped in process by the guy that created Darth Maul. And I can't yeah. remember his name off the top yeah. of my head, but yeah, um, I saw that that video clip. Everyone should watch that video clip. That's fantastic. Yeah. That four and a half minute video they put out. Did you see that? It's, you saw. Well, yeah, it's it's on the article that I'm writing. So if you okay. go to nerdforce.com, by the time this is out, um, you can go and um, view the article, which has the video clip inside the article. Very cool. Makes sense. Yeah. No, you're right. And um, I saw some of the characters. Um, I don't want to ruin your article, but oh yeah, I mean it, this will come out after the article. I'm not worried. The um, there's one guy that they showed like, and they were clipping through the different like artwork at this point. One guy looked like Kratos to me from God of War. Yeah, Did you see that one? <laughs> Did you see him? He had like the red swath on his over his eye and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking, oh, Kratos has now moved to Star Wars. That'd be cool. So. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, I mean, again, I, I would love to, like, try to, like, just think, I, I don't know, once we get a little bit more information, I definitely will have some conceptual ideas of what I think would be really cool. I just do, I really, I love, I love King Arthur, and I love that whole round, Knights of the Round Table stuff, um, you know, obviously, I love fantasy stuff like that, and, um, you know, playing off of that, I'm good with, man. I, I think that's pretty sweet. So, and um, I think it's going to give you a set of what will be looked at as your as your core Jedi's, and then you're going to have obviously your other Jedi's that that work around those guys. So we'll we'll see, and 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 women for sure. I'm sure will be women in that too. So, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you have anything else to say about the the actual content itself before I go on a rant? Nah. <laughs> What, what content that we've seen so far? Yeah, content that we've seen so far. The, um... No, I mean, I really don't. I don't think that there's... there's. I mean, well, unless you're, unless you're going to drop a bombshell on me, I don't know what other content... No. How much more content you have, unless you're just going off of what you perceive might happen. No, I'm not I'm not even going to go off of... I'm just going to rant about um, okay. Lucasfilm. Okay. Oh, uh, oh, you want to rant on Lucas? Oh, we can do that all day. Go ahead. You start. All right. So uh, specifically, I want to touch on on the way that this, this all came down. 
um, the the Project Luminous stuff. All right, so um, October middle middle October they announced that they're going to be that they're going to be um, introducing new content in the form of um, literature, right? Um, uh, as Project Luminous, right? So they they build up the expectation from October to the fan community, yeah. and then that goes. And then they set a date. They'd give you the exact date and time that they're going to be revealing this content. And then the time and date gets here. They they sprinkle in like little leaks here and there um, through this time. And then the time gets there. And then it's closed doors. They they they. I don't know if it was planned to be closed doors or not. Like they they they. First of all, they come in. Where I'm on Twitter. Everybody else is on Twitter. Um, with hashtag luminous up within our search bre- or, or the search option, um, constantly refreshing to make sure that we're not missing anything. And then an hour goes by after the time that it was supposed to be released. So it was like 7 p.m. Um, Pacific time. So, you know, 10 p.m. Eastern time, which is already late anyways for most people. Um, but, you know, those, those, those of us that stayed up to watch it, or to are constantly hitting refresh only to realize that they're not going to stream the thing, but instead they invited all these blue check marks on, um, on Twitter to be able to have the only exclusive to, to, um, see everything else other than the video. And the video is the only thing that they, that, that they re- release on, um, you know, uh, for the public to be able to see. And it's, 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 it's incredibly disturbing to me as a fan that that they they think so little of the fan based community Lucasfilm that they're that they're willing to ramp up expectations and then completely dash expectations up against the rocks and you know just live with it like you you guys are going to be able to or you guys are going to want this anyway so suck my cock like what the mm-hmm. fuck is that like yeah. no, you should treat your fan, especially now, right now. Like after coming out of coming out of such a dry spell, to where yeah. the only thing that we've had that's truly fantastic has been Mandalorian for yeah. you know the the last few years, and yeah. that you're you're refusing to be able to to be able to release quality content, and in a way that that is not unreasonable. Like within a within a scheduled manner that's not unreasonable. There's no reason that we should have to wait, um, you know, two to three years for 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 Star Wars content anymore. And it's it's just it's ridiculous. Like you've got enough writers, you've got enough producers, you've got enough really good directors that would want to be a part of these. You, I don't know what's going on at the home. I don't know if it's all Kathleen Kennedy. Or if there's something else going on the top, but Kathleen Kinney is going to get my blame for it because she's the head. I think yeah. that's the reason why she's getting so many other people's blame for it. Like she has to be able to step up or step down and allow somebody else to step up and be able to lead this thing better. Because yeah. honestly, like like I'm I'm truly excited about this, but at the same time about the 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 High Republic stuff. But at the same time, I'm worried because they haven't held themselves responsible enough to be able to to hold the mantle of star wars up to the expectations of the average fan well well said josh i i definitely will i will definitely echo your comments for sure 
I do think Kathleen Kennedy is gone. So when she goes, I don't know. But ultimately, you're right. She's the one that should be held accountable for that without question. No, I I, I, I agree. And I think that it's... Um, you. <sighs> when I was talking about rabid fan base... You know what I mean? <laughs> that that hang on to hang on to everything imaginable. I mean, come on. I mean, you're right. I mean, you're right. I mean, and they and because of that, and because of the loyalty that people have had, you know, to the franchise, that, you know, as a fan, you do have a little bit of a right to say something, you know? You yeah. do have a right to to step up and say, "Hey, what the hell is what is this?" No, I, 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 I get where you're coming from, and I definitely agree with it. And you know, again, is it? it yeah, I, I also would hold Kathleen uh, responsible for this. And again, I don't. We talked about her before too. She's she's on her way out, dude. She is. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I honestly hope so. I, I, um. I don't know. I hope that if she's waiting for a swan song, I hope it comes soon. Well, the only thing she did is bought a little bit of time with Mandalorian. She bought a little bit of time for herself, yeah. but she, she'll be gone. Yeah. It, she'll, she'll definitely be gone. So, um, yeah, done a little dirty, I guess, you know? Yeah. Wasn't the first time. No. So, but I agree with you. I do. I mean, we can belabor it, but I think I don't have anything else to add to it. You kind of summed it all up in a little nutshell there pretty well. Yeah. Well, we, we need to have um, Seth on to talk about this um, in more detail. I'm sure that he can lay down a little bit more about what he feels. He may disagree with us, too. He may. He may. <clears throat> yeah, we need to um, stop them. Has it been, it's been a while, so... Yeah, it's been a while. I'll reach out to him soon to plan something whenever I'm back um, East Coast side. Sounds good. All right, dude. Um, you got anything else to say on the topic? Not really. I'm just I'm excited about it. I definitely it's August is when everything's coming out. So August 2020 is uh, the book launches and I believe uh, the first I think they're releasing IDW and Marvel are both rele- both both releasing on the same time frame. So they're definitely I don't know if they're separate storylines, which they obviously clearly are. Um I don't know if they overlap. I would be interested to see. Oh, speaking of that, and move, you ready to move off Star Wars? I was going to add something else that I read that I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah no, go ahead. So we'll we'll wrap up Star Wars and uh you may the force be with you on that, but um, so I've been seeing some, and again, these are speculative reports mm-hmm. about Marvel possibly buying DC. Did you see any of that? Yeah. So there's, there's actually some merit to this as far as like, um, a merger happening within, or like some type of big crossover event happening at least. Which um, wouldn't be the first time. I mean, it's happened before Marvel and DC have had crossovers before. Yeah, they've had crossovers before. I don't know that there, there's as much merit about um, Marvel Comics buying out DC Comics, but here's where the here's where the context comes from from 
like as far as what's in, within print beyond all these rumors um within print um the last the last installment of the um the watchmen series that they just ran through within dc comics yeah um the uh oh what's his name the big the blue guy um within watchmen um manhattan no um, yeah yeah dr yeah. manhattan yeah, yeah so dr manhattan um he he is able to go into the future and he sees um superman within the future within um uh 2060 um ad um and uh superman's within another realm um that's unfamiliar with to him surrounded by a bunch of people um that are unfamiliar to him that are all going after superman um superman's then saved by named thor Hmm. and a giant green um uh what was the word that they used um like gargantuan um uh, giant, giant green behemoth and so the um that that's obviously pointing to thor and um and uh um the hulk yeah and there's been a lot of rumors that they're um, that the the cross the big crossover event's going to be called um, Secrets um, Crisis. Right. That's okay. But I okay. And, but did you did you other did you see the point of the other like more business side of things about talking about the potential purchase of them? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's no there's no. Um, it's no secret that the that um, comic books are not doing very well as far as um, you know sales go. Yeah. Uh, and um, I can the only the, what's driving the popularity right now isn't necessarily context of the comic books because I think that you and I would both agree that DC, at least right now, has yeah. or within the past you know few years has been making much better comic books than oh. than what Marvel oh. has been. Oh. Head and shoulders, <clears throat> but they they comic books themselves aren't driving sales of comic books. It's the, the everything else surrounding the comic books. So, you know, like Black Panther comic books um, went um, spoken or uh, spiked in sales uh, um, back in yeah you know, a few years ago where the movie was mm-hmm. coming out. So y- there's not as much excitement for DC movies and DC um, material as there is for con or for Marvel. So I can definitely see why, um, why DC is hurting a little bit more than Marvel is. Um, and why that would be a possibility. I don't think that that's necessarily like, unless you give me new con, uh, like new, new context to go off of. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but you know, I, I, I understand the Avenue that people are taking to get there. Yeah. Well, the one guy, Paul, um, what a Dido, I believe his name was Dido. Dido, he he was ousted. I mean, he's gone from DC. So yeah, I I I just it, I don't know. It's interesting to me. I I don't know. I admit that I go I go on spurts though. So it's like I I don't I I don't read a com I don't read comics for a little bit. Then all of a sudden I'm like, damn man, I miss comic books and I really do. And then I then I go back and I go and spend a gajillion dollars buying all the back issues and trying to catch up on stuff and everything you know it's just 
I, I don't know. I mean, and it, and it's not that I don't. It's like I get through like one arc, and I'm like, oh, that was really good, and then I take a break, and then when I come back, so much shit's changed, you know. But so, I mean, I'm, I'm not probably the best demographic to say like I'll buy comic books, but. But anyways, I don't know. It's interesting to see. We'll see what happens, I guess. We'll see what happens. I would hate to see that happen. That's almost like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. My feeling is I I do not want that to happen. I did, I, that's about as annoying to me as interleague play in baseball. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I would, I agree. Like, that's kind of like Disney buying Universal. Like, yeah. It, it just doesn't, like, they're, they're two separate entities and they operate separately, and what they produce is very different from each other. Right. And there's not, if you merge them together, you lose a lot of the diversity that you currently get within comic books. Right. Yeah, you hit the head. You're right there. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, it makes sense. So, anyways, I meant, I meant to mention that to you. That was going to be just a Matt talk to Josh thing about, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. So. But anyways, that's about it, really. Uh, I uh, started reading uh, Itsy Bitsy Spider that you gave me. Good, by the way. Yeah. Artwork is outstanding in that book. I mean, the artwork's really good. So, I mean, I know that there's a couple of different artists as you go through the book, but um, out of the gate, good, good artwork. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really good book. Yeah. Really good series that they did. Yeah. So that's about all I got, brother. You got anything else? Um, no. Uh, if you haven't already, go check out the nerdforcepodcast.com. Um, subscribe there to be able to get all the new articles that we get via email. Um, we'll also post them up on Facebook if, or on Twitter if you follow us on either one of those. Um, go check out our Patreon. Uh, our Patreon customers get, or our patrons um, who, who sign in at $5 um, a month get. Um, early releases of the podcast. Um, I'm also going to be working on a Discord channel soon, so um, those patrons will be able to um, get in touch with uh, Matt and myself via Discord and Discord chat, um, and then get things that we're working on before we're even release them. Um, the also we're doing a special um, uh, one year um, commemorative thing. Um, in which I'm kind of keeping close to the chest as of right now, we'll have extras though. Um, so I'm going to give away those extras, um, to our patrons and then maybe do a giveaway on um, Facebook. So if you're not following us there, uh, make sure to follow us there. We have a YouTube channel now, which we're posting up the podcast too, um, as well. So if you're not native to, you know, these podcasting apps, then feel free to listen to it on YouTube. Um, and, uh, um, Make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Um, it definitely helps people find us in the future. Hmm. And besides that, this has been the Nerdforce Podcast. <laughs>